everyone, and welcome to Repotted, the Rerouted Podcast. My name is Brian Schoening. I'm your host. I'm here with my co-host, as always, the founder of Rerouted, Chap Grub. Chap, how are you doing today? I'm I'm so good, Brian. Not only are we recording another podcast, we're also trying it with a video format as well. We're really stoked to be here today, and uh, we actually have we have a guest on the Rerouted Podcast today. So. Andrew Hoff, how's it going, my man? Let's have Chap actually in- introduce you. Say say hello, and then we'll have uh, we'll have Chap tell a little bit about about who you are, why you're here, and what we're going to talk about. All right. Well, hey, how's it going? I'm Hoff. Hey, Andrew Hoff here. Andrew's one of my best friends. I'm going to call him Hoff. Brian just got introduced to him as Andrew, so don't get confused. They're the same person. Uh, Hoff, you came from Laguna Beach just a couple days ago to surprise me, huh? Well, yeah, I got in last night, and uh, Chap had no idea. No. I was, I was genuinely shocked when Hoff surprised me last night. But, Hoff, how'd you get here? I uh, drove my motorcycle. Uh, One second. We're just, we're just going to do a little peel back the curtain on the fly. We'll get Hoff a little bit closer to the mic. And then, oh, okay. uh, and then yeah, so let's, let's – um, how, yeah, so how was, the, how was the trip? You came here on a motorcycle. That's what, that's what Chap was telling me, that it was a, it was a pretty, long, pretty long ride and a – and a pretty fun one at that. So how, how did that trip go? You said Laguna Beach? Uh, yeah, um, out, out that way. Uh, things were good. I mean, we uh, have a, had a fire going on when I left. So things kind of got changed up a little bit. Had to uh, take a different route than I had taken before. So it was good seeing things a little differently. And um, How long was it? Ride was about like, 15 hours i did two two days one eight and one seven dang <clears throat> that's yeah that's that, a long that's time super, to be on that's bike. super smart that's super smart to break it up into a couple of days my cousin and i um we we drove seattle to boston without stopping we just you know switched switched in the car on the fly and yeah um weren't we were not able to sleep um but we just went 47 hours door to door uh 3100 <laughs> yeah. miles it was not that smart. Um, you did the much. You did the much smarter thing, which is but which Brian, is stop. You were in the luxury of a warm, comfortable vehicle sitting down. Mister Hoff was all revved up on his motorcycle, ripping, ripping in and out of traffic. Oh yeah, one hundred. I mean, one hundred percent. And and that's and that's the that's the right that's the right move. To, yeah, to take a, an extra day. Hoff, where's totally. the where's the most beautiful spot you saw on your trip? Well, to be honest, coming out here is always the best. <laughs> but uh, I drove through uh, Sedona. It was uh, it was pretty beautiful. Uh, it's it's funny. Whenever I'm driving around places, I'm always like, "All right, I need to get out of here." I could always find something that's wrong with it. But as soon as I leave, I'm like, "Oh, I can't wait to go back there." It's something about me. It's hilarious. But <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, it was nice uh, being able to find just little. Uh, road off the main highway and slept and made the ride uh getting out here even easier um because you you slept in sedona right yeah just outside of sedona and then uh drove to uh petrified national forest and that spot's always beautiful to go to oh man i can't imagine being in petrified petrified national forest on my on a bike what what was some of the draws to motorcycling, Hoff? Because I know motorcycling is super similar in nature to a lot of these adventure sports that we do. So what what were some of the appeals to biking for you? So, I mean, 
I tried bike uh, motorcycling about a year and a half ago, got my license, just kind of felt that it was time. And um, once I got on it, just the freedom of being on a motorcycle, being able to in California, split lanes and just <laughs> getting places faster than, you know, when I was in my bus, which also breaks down a lot. So having a motorcycle that's reliable was just a really big draw. And then once I got comfortable on my first bike, I knew I kind of wanted to go longer distances and my first bike wasn't going to handle it. So looked into a uh, second one, got a Triumph Tiger and it's uh, it has all the storage capabilities that I needed. And I decided that coming out here was going to be my inaugural uh, <laughs> Uh, destination because you know it's always good to see chap and sam and uh i i just love this area no man we're we're psyched to have you out here brian what what yeah. do you know about bikes i i know very little i know that um my my uncle bought one once against the will of the entire family and uh, <laughs> then i just had a bunch of people in my ear saying that your lifespan go your expect your life expectancy goes to seven years from the day that you buy the bike that's part of the it's fun like, brian mm-hmm. right and and, and, it, and that, that's like an average so it, you know there's like there's the chance that you just like you know crash first month and like that's that you're done and then there's a chance that you like go 50 years and you're still well, riding a motorcycle. So, Hoff, I know that one of the things that we talked about off camera was that when you're biking, you really like the adrenaline component of it. And it and it fills this space when you're not able to go surfing. So, Hoff's, like I said, he's from Laguna Beach, California. He's got a background in surfing. He's been a lifeguard. And that's what he was doing when I met him. But surfing has been a big part of your life. And then motorcycling is kind of a complement to that, would you say? I'd say so, yeah. Just being able to get because legitimately it's you're gambling but you're gambling with your life and you know i every time i'm on my bike i have that understanding and it it just you have to be so concentrated on it in its totality otherwise like you could be ended or hurt significantly and so i mean i equate that to you know if you're doing heavy surfing or you know climbing or anything you got to mitigate risk and there's there's things that you can do you know proper maintenance making sure your tools just the best that it can be and then also just knowing the factors for something to be fatal yeah and so you know you mentioned uh you mentioned the smoke and and i think you said that you you kind of changed your route a little bit because because there were some fires in in the area what was that like having to kind of figure, did you have to figure stuff out on the fly for that? Or were you, or did you know ahead of time that you might've been going through a fire zone and, and you were able to, able to kind of call the audible early? Um, no, it was, it was real early. Um, actually the fire was just a few miles down from my house. So it was, you know, and then one of the express highways to get out to like the 91 to the 40 was there was fires around it so hopefully everything's all good around there kind of i assume since my parents and brother aren't constantly texting me i think it's relatively safe but you know hopefully everyone around that area is safe he said he said his house in laguna is right on the outskirts of the evac zone yeah the lake forest yeah (laughs) okay yeah wrapping west west side lake forest lake forest where (laughs) the people forest makes their man made (laughs) 
that's so interesting because like when how how do they decide like where the evac zone is going to be cut like if i was right on the edge of the evac zone i would be i would be like andrew i'd be getting the hell out of there like, well you know, you know like we we packed all like valuable stuff we had stuff ready to go because you know it's just that's just the way it is it's it, it could happen yeah exactly so and once like granted there were quite a few houses in between us and you know we do have a good fire department out there so they they worked real hard out there and well you i mean Hoff, how often are you guys experiencing potential evacs is it like every year where you guys are out is it every couple of years you know in the surrounding areas it's every like couple of years major fires every 10 years it seems like that's wild that's yeah. it's really Five scary ten, out yeah. in california you know well, it's just you expect it act has it gotten worse in the last couple of years? Because I mean, the last couple of years, the four, maybe the last four or five years is when it's really started to kind of creep up the West coast. And like, it's as a, as somebody from Washington, like I've only been kind of aware of fire of, of like fires impacting my daily life in the summer as of like the last three or four years. Has, have you, has you, have you noticed it getting worse or is it just like part of the fire season? It's pretty par for the course. You know, it, it kind of, it's, it's kind of expected, you know, and um, I'd say there's definitely, I hear more about it for sure. There's definitely a few more fires, I think, than on, on average. And it also seems like, you know, they're closer to homes, but that's also just expanding towards brushlands and where like natural fire paths are. So, I mean, and then when we have electrical, you know, components or stuff out there and and you know so i i i'd say to answer your initial question that yeah there there's a few more but i, th I think there's some factors as to why it's like so it, it, it might not actually be more fires it might be people living on on you know more lands that are burning <laughs> exactly i mean especially around my house it, it's just in lake forest and the surrounding areas it's exploding and so like hills that I used to see like on fire or, you know, just, you know, empty are now stack track homes. Yeah. yeah. And those things, <laughs> you know, just how they're built. <laughs> Catch on fire. Yeah. Um, no, Hoff, well, that super interesting. Well, yeah. so yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna kind of transition here. You said that this is your first trip, uh, your first, your first trip out on this particular bike and kind of the inaugural inaugural trip for this bike. But before couple of minutes before we we got started recording here um we were we were talking about some of some of your other travels Cer certainly not your certainly not your first go around when it comes to traveling so um talk to me a little bit about your your first your first motorcycle ride um chap was chap was saying that was a crazy story and then stopped you from telling me uh, so that you yeah. could get my reaction for zoom <laughs> all right well uh first time like driving a motorcycle i was uh out in Nepal and getting out to Nepal is just a totally different, crazy story. Long like story what? long. Yeah. Tell us, <laughs> give us the, long, give it, long story longer. Give us the three, give us like the summary of how Nepal For sure. works. Yeah. So, I mean, I was, I came to Nepal with some roommates who I was living with in New Zealand, these French uh, individuals. And, you know, we were hanging out all, um, at this little guest house 
of Kumar's guest house. And uh, I, I've heard a lot of stories about Kumar, and we'll have to dig. We'll have to dig <laughs> into a Kumar a little bit. <laughs> so one of my buddies, Tim, he uh, he got a motorcycle out there, rented it, and he wanted to travel around Nepal. And you know, I'd never been on one, and I was like, oh, I'd love to go you know, on the back of it for a little bit. So we go on the back, he drives around. I'm like chilling. I'm like, wow, you know, looking around, you can see like the, uh, Annapuna mountain range as we're driving around, you know, there's all sorts of like ruts. And if you've ever been to like India or third world country, it's pretty chaotic <laughs> to drive. Like, yeah. Buses, like, sure. you know, cows and just, you know, just <laughs> so, all sorts of obstacles. I haven't, <laughs> so, I haven't spent any time in Asia, but I, I spent some time in Guatemala and in a pretty kind of small village um, called Panahashel in, in Guatemala. And I, I'm, I'm sensing a similar vibe. Yeah. To what totally, you're describing. Totally. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. Controlled chaos. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Relatively controlled, <laughs> not relatively so. controlled, full chaos. I mean, yeah. full, you know, full chaos. so I, uh, you know, my buddy asked me if I want to try and drive the motorcycle. I'd never done it before. And I'm just, sure. Why not? So we go on to just a straightaway. What, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> just like driving yeah. a motorcycle within, you know, yeah. What we've determined probably not super controlled chaos. Well, and when when you're practicing your buddy's riding on the back, right? No, he he just told me how to do it. Oh, okay. And so like we just go on a straightaway. He's like, okay, this is how you get into first, this is how you get into neutral, this is how you get into all that. It's like, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> and so start out, you know, we're on a straightaway, there's no one around yet. And so I start going, I'm just in first. And then click it into second. I'm like, all right. And then all of a sudden a bus is behind me. And I'm just like, oh crap, you didn't show me how to indicate. <laughs> so Doesn't matter to do turn signals. Yeah, so I'm just like, eh, like going, like kind of freaking out because I want to turn, but I don't know necessarily how to stop because <laughs> I was told not to squeeze brakes and blah, blah, blah. And like the bus is just like right behind me. Oh, and eventually I just wait, like, hold on. <laughs> but let's rewind for <laughs> half a second. Um, told you how to go in first, told you how to go in second and shift didn't tell you how to stop and specifically said don't hit the handbrake well don't you don't want to like grab it he, he told <laughs> right. me how to stop but he didn't okay. show me how to indicate and stuff <laughs> right okay Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. And everything. yeah so i mean i just essentially the bus is just right on my butt i get out and kind of just like uh, kind of taking a bag for a second breathe and might go back i'm like all right that was cool i'll <laughs> learn somewhere else but <laughs> <laughs> somewhere yeah. else well, i was probably just oh, not God. ready to go on a trip there he goes <laughs> huff huff tells me the story and i was like wait 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 your buddy taught you in live traffic he didn't <laughs> find a parking lot or a dirt road or he taught you he was like oh yeah go have fun in live traffic what yeah when you said a straightaway i thought you were talking about no. like basically a field like an empty field no. But wow. that's not the case. This is just like, you know, some road where apparently buses also go. Yeah, a lot of tourist buses out there and just buses getting around all. Yeah. And so either way, Hoff got excited about this sort of experience and decided that when he got back to the United States, he wanted to buy a bike. And so now he's uh, been motorcycling for about a year, year and a half. Is that right? Yep. And we we talk a lot and Hoff and I have climbed together a bunch and that's part of our background and Hoff and I have you know you heard him speaking to the focus and the control and the whole mind body tandem that happens when you're riding a motorcycle and 
I wanted to share something and circle back to that. So Dean Potter, really famous rock climber. Hoff, you know Dean Potter. And Brian, are you familiar with Dean Potter? Yeah, I'm familiar, but we'll, we'll go so, into it a little so bit the, for the audience. For the quick bio, he's really, really uh, well-known rock climber, bass jumper. He passed away. Anybody know? Three or four years ago? 2012? Yeah, maybe. Wow. It, was it really that long ago? It might have been. Either way, he passed away a long time ago or a, a bit ago. But he, A little bit ago to potentially a, a lot of bit ago. Yeah. 15. We're not sure. Tw- 2015 says. 2015, says okay. Five years. Google and Hoff. So five years ago. But he, he used to talk about being really ADHD. And in his normal life, how he couldn't focus on anything. He couldn't engage deeply because his mind was too quick and racing, except for when he was free soloing or when he was up on the slack line and his rope was off. And that was that combination of danger and skill and mastery of your art and craft was what allowed him to feel the most present and complete. And I I think that that is exactly what you're talking about when it comes to the biking and when it comes to these higher risk activities. And so Hoff, I know Nepal wasn't your only foray into East Asia. You've had some experiences in New Zealand. I guess I would ask what, what, what are some of those most memorable experiences from these world travels where you've had these long-term impacts? Because I know we've talked a lot about your, your learning to climb in New Zealand. That was something that was meaningful and some good stories. But Hoff's been to Thailand. You've been to New Zealand, Australia? Uh, I flew through. But I okay. went to Costa Rica and then just out here quite a few times. Yeah. Quite a bit around the U.S. And, yeah, I mean, thing I notice a lot in the best part of the travels is always the hospitality hospitality of the people uh for sure in in thailand especially um kind of just happened out there friend said she wanted to go so i went actually went hung out with chap oh the week before i went for I, the first I remember time. i remember that right before you went to thailand yeah. that was fun yeah so yeah and then went out there for doing some some climbing some uh deep water soloing and Deep water soloing in Thailand. This guy's done it. Yeah. And so, Brian, do you know what deep water soloing is? No, but he also oh. just like sh- he also just like shrugged it off, and it, it <laughs> seems like it's probably not something that you just like. Yeah, I just I did that. Like you know, whatever. It's fine. Well, yeah. no, well, tell me hot. what that is. Tell me about that's that. That's for you. <laughs> well, so I mean, uh, essentially, deep water soloing is you know you're climbing on rocks um without a rope over water so you know when you fall you fall into the water ocean right yeah it's it's on the ocean it's the west side of uh thailand like cool crabby area cool that sounds that sounds doper than falling onto the ground definitely definitely. or is it like is it just as bad is it falling onto the water there just as bad as falling onto the ground i don't know there's a there's a certain height i'm pretty sure that water basically becomes concrete so i don't know you gotta fall right so you know you mitigate risk and 
You know, <laughs> try not to fall on your head. Try and not fall on boats that are around. I was going to say, were you going out on boats to do this? Yeah, I was you, so you were. Stand on a kayak. Try not to fall on boats that are around. <laughs> oh, my God. Because what? So you paddle out there. Yeah. With, then, oh, man. So I, the first time I met a friend out there, Sky. Okay. Uh, and me and him would get a kayak, and one of us would kind of, you know, be on the back paddling while the other one stands and the lime it'd be limestone cliffs they'd be kind of like stalagmites stalactites whatever the ones are that are hanging <laughs> it's hard to, it's really hard to remember i don't know which one's which either yeah so, and then you would just grab onto one of those and then as you grab they'd uh, kayak well, back and get the boat out of the way uh, you just climb up and climb up as far as you wanted to and jump off and, whoa what was yeah. that what was the highest one you did probably somewhere around 40 to 50 feet, something like that. Well, it's kind of nice that you don't have to, like, figure out your route back down. Like, you're you're climbing up, and you're like, oh, that's probably not the greatest hold that I've ever had in my life. Maybe, And then you just, like, don't have to worry about it on the way back down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's it's just – yeah, it's just a different style, and it's it's pretty fun. That's cool. That sounds sounds crazy. And where where was that? Thailand? Uh, yeah, Thailand. What yeah. area of Thailand you named uh, it? Krabby. 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 Uh, Rayleigh, especially, uh, essentially, was like the name of like the peninsula area that I was at. Cool. And yeah, there's all sorts of good climbing out in East Asia, and hopefully, that's uh, true. Think, you know, some some stuff going on in Thailand. Hopefully, everyone's uh good out there. <laughs> yeah. Chokti. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. In case any of them are listening to the rerouted podcast, totally, totally. Um, you know, hundred yeah. percent. We, we, um, we have a sort of national presence. Hoff, I wanted to ask. So when you're out kayaking, you're out in Nepal, is Nepal, you mentioned the hospitality. Is that, is Nepal Kumar or is Thailand Kumar? I can't, I can't remember which one's, so, which one's which. So Nepal, um, it was, uh, Kumar was who I was uh, staying with. At, How'd you uh, meet him? My buddy, uh, my buddy Sam, uh, who I was roommates with out in New Zealand. He was the reason I was out in Nepal. We, I said, I'd talk about the story how we got there. Long story long, we were living together. <laughs> he was working with uh, this guy that was from Nepal who was getting married. And he was like, "Hey, come to my wedding. Come to my wedding." And essentially, he was like, um, is it cool if I bring friends? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, why not? So we went into like this Nepalese wedding out there. <laughs> and just, <laughs> That's so like, awesome. Yo, can I, have a, can I have a plus one? Oh, by the way, it's actually uh, it's like plus, plus 15. And like, plus three. You plus know. three. Plus three. That's so awesome. But yeah, it was, it was pretty hilarious. And so this was Kumar's wedding. No, no, no. This oh, was okay. totally someone different. But long, he, uh, he was out there before us. And then he... Um, you know, found this guy, just classic, classic character. Um, real funny. We kind of connected. He, uh, let me stay at his house. Uh, once I, we went on hikes, I went on two, one for like seven days and then another one for like two and a half weeks. The first time I was there. And then, um, you know, he just washed my stuff that I didn't take. Nice. And then do you summit a mountain? No, I, I went around the, uh, on a pond, uh, the Annapuna circuit. Nice. Um, cool. The Thoralong pass was one nice. of the highest spots that I got up to. It's cool. like 17,000 feet, something like that. Real, real beautiful. Maybe we yeah. can, maybe we can talk, uh, Hoff into sending some of those pictures our way Definitely. for, yeah, for, 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 some for sure. Get, 
get yeah. some of the, get get some of those pictures um, to chap if possible. Totally. Um, well, any we're we're kind of coming up on our on our time here. This is going to be the longest episode by you know like three, <laughs> three or four minutes already. Um, but any any kind of final any kind of final thoughts? Well, oh wait, we got to ask him about the gear, Brian. So. Let's save that. Let's let's bring him back another time. Let's bring, bring him, him back. back. Let's bring him back. I okay. mean, uh, cool. this this worked. Let's let's bring him back. All right, yeah. um, I got plenty more. Hop's got so <laughs> many more stories, you guys. That's, we're all. I know we're all looking forward to it. Even me, who Hop's one of my best friends, Brian. I know I learned new stuff, and I laughed and heard a bunch of stuff that I haven't heard before. Yeah, I was. I was gonna say you probably already know all the stories, no. but then turns it out you don't. <laughs> no, there's so he, this dude's a man of mystery international man of mystery this one anybody that was uh anybody that was at our our gear house happy hour on the 29th would have seen whoa all right my phone just exploded um anyway anybody who was at the gear house anybody who was at the gear house happy hour uh on the on the 29th of october this year would have seen when when hoff came in that uh that chap was chap was in in another world for a second there he didn't really he didn't really comprehend what was going on but oh, um, it was it was super it was super special to see you guys kind of kind of <laughs> reunite like that and then uh and then get to chat with you here for for 20 30 minutes but um, cool. thanks a ton for coming on man um can't wait to can't wait to have you on again we'll we'll have to get a get one of these zoom calls going once once you're back in, in your usually room. usually brian this would be the place where we'd plug our guest social media but firmly hoff is anti-social media so it's Dang, well, we'll just plug the rerouted social media though. i was re-routed. gonna say for sure we'll plug the rerouted social media and if you want to hear more from andrew hoff you're just gonna have to stay tuned to repot it so check us out we're at rerouted.co on instagram and facebook we're at Get Rerouted on Twitter. If you want to follow me personally on Twitter, it's at Chap underscore Chats. Um, we're on LinkedIn, www.rerouted.co. Come buy used gear with us, sell used gear. We're psyched to have you guys, psyched to have Hoff on. Hey, thank you, everybody. Woo. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for uh, for hanging out with us on Repot It here. Uh, thanks for thanks for hanging in during our during our little hiatus, and uh, and we'll be we'll be glad to to get you some more content here coming up. But from Ryan and Chap, that and Andrew Hoff and Andrew Hoff, <laughs> that has been the Rerouted Podcast. <laughs>